Hey guys, welcome back to the Right Setup Leadership Podcast and also our Right Setup Leadership Collective. And if you're wondering what the Right Setup Leadership Collective is, guys, do me a favor, head over to rightsetupcollective.com or click the link in the show notes below and take your next step and join us over there. We have some great conversations. Um, this conversation is directly geared to the folks over there. And we're going to have some, some really formative talks around this. And you guys are listening to it on the podcast, which would be super great. But if you want to take it one step further, you want to continue growing in your life and leadership and be cared for and coached in a way that you're not going to find anywhere else to help you continue getting healthy and reaching more impact. The Right Side of Collective is a place for that. So again, you can get to it by heading over to rightsideofcollective.com or simply clicking the link in the show notes below. I am really excited about our conversation today. One, because I have just recently become aware of these not through coaching, but I see a counselor and we've talked about, we've, this idea has come up between uh, what we're going to talk about, which is limiting beliefs. And we all have them, but most people don't know what we are. So today we're lucky enough to have uh, Matt Game, Matt with one T. See, I got it right, Matt. And Matt serves on our Stay Forth team. He's our director of alignment. Matt's also a coach. Wonderful guy. So Matt, welcome to the podcast and the Right Setup Collective. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to be here with everybody and just to be able to, uh, speak to more and more people than I normally do on a daily basis. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is a different environment too. So um, Matt, first, just tell us about yourself. What got you, what got you into coaching? Yeah. So many, many years ago, gosh, let me think back on my timeframes here. Um, it's been over 20 years ago. Uh, I started doing sales, which was the last thing in the world I ever thought I would do. Um, I fortunately was really good at it. Uh, I was in the insurance world, was really good at the sales part of it. Did well, got the opportunity to be promoted and to build a team and um, was promoted. I lived in central Illinois, got an opportunity in Daytona Beach, Florida to live on the beach and just my wife and I and just hang and, and build a team. And when I got there and started building the team, I realized that there was more to it than just hiring people and giving them scripts. Um, I had to do a lot of, I didn't know that was at the time, but I had to do a lot of coaching. I had to do a lot of asking people what they wanted, helping them get what they want, and just guiding them and directing them to those goals and targets. Um, Didn't really know how to do that. And a lot of trial and error, a lot of building from there, and I started studying the art of coaching. Um, Fast forward, I got out of being an entrepreneur and started working in the personal development world. I worked with some really big names and started doing coaching for them with clients and teaching courses about influence and persuasion and building rapport and building teams and leadership and just fell in love with the idea of helping other people get what they want. And so uh, joined the Stay Forth Network late last year and uh, just been enjoying my time with the team here. You've done a great job. Your 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 passion for seeing people um, get healthy and reach more impact is is very visible. I know we met actually on a Stay Forth experience. So and it, it's been fun to see you move from just just a guy that I met and just felt really drawn to on the experience. And now now getting to serve with you. Uh, just to help further our mission and vision here. So um, I want to talk limiting beliefs. You know, for the person that's listening, let's first, let's define a limiting belief that may not, so the person that may know what it is. So how do you define what a limiting belief is? Yeah, to make, a belief, uh, to make it simple, a limiting belief, if there's something in life you're not getting, you're not achieving, you're not believing that you can actually get, um, there's probably a limiting belief in the area of that. And a limiting belief is it, it is formed in the way of an absolute language. So I'm never, I'm not, I won't, I can't, uh, those type of words. And for me, uh, I discovered my first limiting belief was around my memory. So 
in uh, many, many years ago, 97, I was on a car wreck and I had a traumatic brain injury and it did significantly impact my short-term memory. And there's a couple things that I struggled with since then, which is not uncommon, by the way, um, just unpacking it today, but I struggle with names, remembering people's names. And I struggle with like street names. Like if somebody said it's on Main and Third, I'd look like I was really confused. But if they said it's by the McDonald's, I'm like, oh, okay, I know exactly where that's at. And so now struggling with names is not something that's uncommon to most people, especially when you deal with lots of people every single week. But I defaulted to, because I had a brain injury, I don't remember names. And um, one of my mentors, I was at an event uh, at a, a conference and we had team leaders and they had asked me after this event during lunch, like, who are your team leaders? And I could name two of the three. And the third guy that I couldn't remember his name is a very um, unusual name, by the way, which is why I couldn't remember it. But I tried to describe this guy. I couldn't remember his name. And, and this mentor of mine goes, I am so sorry our leaders had an impression on you where you couldn't remember their name. Such a poor impression. And it kind of took me off guard. And I go, no, no. And I started going to the default of the car accident, the brain injury, all those things. And my mentor goes, I don't want to hear that language out of your mouth ever again. And I said, well, it's legit. And he goes, but every time you talk about that, that you have that memory issue because of that accident, your brain goes back and replays that tape and you get further ingrained into the idea that you can't remember things. And he gave me some action items of what to do moving forward, which I'll share today with on this call and fast forward about six months of going through the work of working on this limiting belief of my short-term memory. Um, my wife and I were going to have dinner and we're going to have dinner here in Colorado Springs at a new restaurant. And I couldn't visually recognize where it was at. And I was out doing some errands during the day and I ended up being right next to that restaurant. And I saw some workers going in and I thought, Hey, I'm going to go and check the place out, look at the menu. So I walk in, I start having a conversation with the owner and with the main host who is seating people, and they're showing me the menu, I'm looking at it. And I come home to my wife and I just said, hey, I found where we're going for dinner tonight. She's like, really, where's it at? And I go, it's the corner of this street and that street. And I said, I met Bob, Bob's the, and I don't remember if it was Bob's name, it's been many years, but I said, I met Bob the owner and Jim, the guy who's gonna be seated us that night, I looked at the menu, they have this item for this price and this item for this price. And my wife looked at me, she goes, what's wrong with you? Because I had this amazing memory all of a sudden. And I look back and realize it's because I worked so hard on breaking up my limiting beliefs, my absolute language that I can't, I, because of whatever reason it is. So it'll show up in ways of, I don't know what to do. I can't be happy. I'm not good enough. Remember Stuart Smalley on a Saturday Night Live, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, I'm dog enough, people like me. Think of the opposite language. Like those are where limiting beliefs are going to sound like. So that's what I wanted to say. So the way they were uncovered for me, and I didn't know what they were. It was a, it was ultimately, it was a negative view that I carried on myself and myself is the way I were, was living. And then obviously leading from, you know, from the three foot ring that I carry around myself that I'm first and foremost responsible for leading outwardly from there, you know, feeling like I'm not good enough. Um, I can't do this. You know, I will never be those, those things. And there's several that I have dealt with and the way that I've worked through them was, turning the negative language into, you know, positive self-talk, you know, mm -hmm. the positive and then taking, well, what is the thing here? What's the lie? And so um, what is the thing that's telling me what's the lie? Basically, biblically, it's a lie from Satan. Like what is, what is the enemy like jabbing at you telling you that like making you feed off of that's keeping you feeling stuck. That's keeping you from taking those next steps. And 
I'm a firm believer, especially where, where we are right now within this, the volatile polarized leadership landscape we live in that more and more people are dealing with them that don't even realize it. So before we jump into quickly, you know, how to start dismantling them, um, what's a practical way that the person watching or listening can identify and come up with some, some limiting beliefs that they may be dealing with that they don't know that they are even struggling with? How to, how to identify it's it's really you have to be in tune to your language and you have to be in tune to the things that you're saying and when again when it becomes an absolute I'll never or I can't or I won't or that's not me I'll not you know I'm I'm not uh, those are the type of things okay. whatever follows that tends to be a limiting belief and I think it's important to say really how our brain works when we hear those things so you've got three parts of your brain the lower which is really the fight or flight mechanism to keep you safe and alive it's not logical you can't talk to it when you hear an explosion you want to run away when you're at the ATM and it's dark out and that guy's walking towards you and looks a little shady you get that feeling that's that part of the brain you can't rationalize with it but that's the part that actually starts working. Then you have your midbrain, which is emotions and feelings, and the outer red brain is the logical. Well, that primitive part of your brain, when you create these beliefs, when you start repeating them over and over, like, I have terrible short-term memory, for example. And when you're saying that, that part of the brain, its job is to find evidence to support your belief to keep you safe gotcha. and alive. So when you say, I have terrible short-term memory, and somebody says, hi, I'm Bob, hi, I'm Jim, hi, I'm Fred, and you see Fred 25 minutes later, you can't remember his name, that part of the brain goes, see, told you, you're right, you have terrible short-term memory. And its job is to validate what you're saying to yourself. And so, again, you're exactly right. It's what the enemy does is these subtle, tiny, little lies. Well, tell me somebody who doesn't struggle with remembering people's names when they see 100 people a week. Like everybody does, right? But the enemy can twist that and find a little way. Well, yeah, you were in a car accident. You did have a traumatic brain injury. So yes, of course you struggle with that. And it's going to try to validate that. And so that's what we're fighting against. And really, it creates an identity issue. Correct. Right? It creates an identity issue that, you know, we know who our identities are, but it's making your identity become wrapped up in that thing that you are trying to overcome that then becomes this giant mountain that you can't get up and you suddenly feel stuck. Exactly. So that's really good. I, I love what you said there. It's it's really, I go back to like habits and James Clear is a guy who talks about habit stacking. And so I, I even think he says it in the book, good or bad, you're going to stack habits and and the way you, and, and whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. So believing in the more you lean into the lies of limiting beliefs become habits that you're building and it's the wiring of your brain. So that brings me to my next question is if there's a process to wire them that way, what does the practical process look like to begin to unwire them, to shift from from limiting to just constructing new beliefs that actually allow you to actually take those next steps that you want to? Yeah. So the first thing is, is we got to recognize it for what it is. And you even called this earlier. It's a lie. And so um, I, for example, one of the things that I used to say to myself around the memory was I never can remember names. And then the way to combat that is ask yourself that that absolute language that never is Never? You never remember names. Well, I, I remembered this person's name the other day. And I remember that. And it's like, okay, so never's a lie. Never's not true, right? That's absolute language. That is not true. There may be sometimes, or maybe in the past, I had an issue with that. So it's putting it where it's at. It's in the past. It may not be moving forward. I'm going to forget 15 names today, but but maybe yesterday I did. Okay, but that's in the past, right? So it's putting it where it belongs in the past. It's and it's separating it from yourself. And so, 
when I say I can't remember names, um, my way to reframe that verbally would be in the past, this person, notice I didn't say I because I is connecting to it. This person separates. In the past, this person struggled remembering names. But moving forward, my memory is getting better and better every day. And I, I use that this person. I know it sounds very strange. One of the things I studied was NLP, the power of our language and how it affects our nervous system. Using the words this person instead of I separates me from that. Like that puts a little bit of a disconnect and space in between that to where my brain can go, well, this person yesterday <laughs> struggled with something. Moving forward, I'm going, my memory is getting better and better every day. And so just a, a subtle little self-talk, if you will, um, how you can change that. So again, just so if everyone listening, in the past, this person struggled with putting it where it was in the past, but moving forward, my fill in the blank memory uh, is getting better and better every day. So some self-talk is powerful, but also it's finding evidence. So our brain is designed to find evidence, right? So if we need, we have a belief that we've got some evidence to support it, we need to create a new belief and find evidence to support that to cement the new empowering belief into ourselves. And so what it would look like is if you take a piece of paper and instead of regular up and down, turn it sideways, so you've got some good width to work with, draw four columns, draw some lines down the middle so you have four columns. On the far left, that's the limiting belief slash lie. And so I have terrible short-term memory was my limiting belief. Mm -hmm. One of, one of my limiting beliefs, but I have terrible short-term memory. So I wrote that down and then it's under that column says limiting belief lie. And then I put a big X through it because I don't want that anymore. So visually I can see that's a lie. Column two is my reframe self-talk. So that's in the past, this person struggled with short-term memory, but moving forward, my memory's getting better and better every day. In column three, I put new my new empowering belief. And so it's a hybrid of what I just wrote. So my new empowering belief became my short-term memory is incredible. Simple, easy, easy to read to. Now, incredible can be open to interpretation to certain people, right? And, and real quick, I noticed there that you then connected the rephrase to you. Correct. You didn't use, you didn't use disconnected language. You've now tied it directly Correct. to you. Okay. It's no longer this person has incredible memory, but it's my short-term memory is incredible. My, me, I. And then the last column is evidence. And so because our brain is designed to find evidence to solidify right. our beliefs, I have to have a column where I'm going to intentionally look for and find evidence to support that new belief that my memory is incredible. So for example, that story of the restaurant and, and knowing the maitre d's name and the mm -hmm. owner's name and things on the menu and pricing, I would write that down. Date, time, I remember five items on the menu, who the person seating us was, who the owner was, and the address of that restaurant location. And I read that, and I would go through that every morning, every day, and go through that, keep that like a little log with me, if you will. And as things came up, I would jot that down. And the more, it, it takes a little bit of work in the beginning because we've got a lot of stuff to battle against, but the more evidence you find, the more that becomes a new empowering belief. And then guess what happens? We move on and then you discover you've got 15 other limiting beliefs that you got to go right. through the same process. But it's a matter of just sitting down and looking for the evidence and logging that evidence to say, oh yeah, 
my memory is incredible. Here's examples of why my memory is incredible. And that part of your brain goes, yes, you are, <laughs> right? You can't, you can't have a logical conversation with that part of your brain, but it will look for evidence to support your beliefs. If you read those beliefs enough, just like any goal or self-talk and you find the evidence, that part of your brain will go, you're right. Your memory is incredible. And I think what's really fascinating there too, and I think what everyone needs to pay attention to is that it's not, um, <laughs> it's moving away from something, but you're not trying to become perfect in it over here. And I think yeah, that's the great thing when we realize like, just because I was want something doesn't mean that I'm always that thing anymore. Yep, exactly. And it was, you were finding evidence all along the way, whether you realize oh, yeah. it or if you, for example, though, had that thing you were struggling with, wrestling with, just speaking in public or whatever that may be, and all of a sudden one day you said, you know what, tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to be an incredible speaker. Good luck. That's, that's right. most likely not going to happen. But you right. can make the shift over time by finding evidence to support your new beliefs. And, yeah, and, so, I'm, and I'm much more of a proponent of making consistent small shifts over time. I mean, we live in a culture right now that we want to see, we want to see great gains, like I mean, you lift weights. You want to see your the weight you lift go up in 25-pound chunks. You want to see the scale drop in massive chunks. If you, you know, anything you're trying to get better at, you want to see massive improvement. But when in reality, um, progress and improvement often shows itself in small bits that are right. oftentimes unnoticeable unless we pay attention to see them. And because of that, I think we're more likely to notice the thing that we didn't do, which is the negative, which then if we're not careful becomes the idea that, well, I guess I stink at this and I'm never going to be able to do X. I will never become a better leader. I'll never become the person who writes a book. I will never start that thing that I want because I'm not making the progress that I want. So then before you have it, I guess you're stuck in a, a sea of limiting beliefs. Correct. And it all starts with the decision, the D word, the decision. So the root of the word decision comes from day kaidir, which means to cut off. So really making a true decision is a cut off all possibility of something else. So with me, the short-term memory, I had to make a decision, no more. I can't live with that. I can't deal with that. I can't use that as an excuse to go through life that I have short-term memory because our whole world is, is relying on having some type of short-term memory with things. Right. I would not be able to function in society if I allowed that to take over. So I had to make a decision, no more, cut off all possibility, call it a lie, cross it out. Yeah, that was there in the past. This person was doing that. But moving forward, heck no. I'm going to do this, create that new decision, and then find evidence. And eventually what happens is your brain is just as stubborn as it was in that old belief that wasn't serving you with the new belief because you found evidence. And so it's about making that decision of who you want to be, what do you want to become, and not allowing that limiting belief to hold you back anymore. And it's powerful. And there's, um, I'll be on a coaching call. This was actually two weeks ago, one of my coaching clients, and they said something and it caught my attention. I'm like, hey, can you repeat that again? And they did. And I said, that's a limiting belief. And you know why that's a limiting belief? We talked through it and they went, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't realize. And I think the, the belief itself was something about when I'm facing something new, I always default to the negative first. And I said, always? Every time? Well, no. And we started to deconstruct it a little bit, started finding holes in the logic of always. And then we started to unpack that. And I said, that's holding you back. Here's what I want you to do. Walk them through this process. And they're like, this is awesome. And so I said, now your job is going to be to find all the other limiting beliefs you have, because we all have them. We do. I have them right now and some that I haven't even discovered yet. And so uh, it's all part of that process of growing ourselves. 
But here, I, I love all this. It's very practical. But I know there's someone watching this is wondering, like, well, I know that I deal with these. We've, you, we've already said that you need to be aware. You need to practice being aware of the language and how you how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself. And then really that also reflects itself in the way you treat others too. So being aware of how you treat yourself and making a commitment to say, okay, I'm going to identify these things. I'm going to name them. There's power in naming things. And then you gave the exercise of taking the sheet of paper and then making four columns and then working a process from this is the lie, this is the truth, and this is the evidence that supports it. But the person that's watching that is stuck, uh, what would be, you know, stay forth with big on next steps? practical next step what would be the most practical next step you'd offer someone that's listening right now or watching um to say you know what i think i have these what can i do to actually gain some momentum right now somebody else needs to speak in your life and uh limiting belief can often be a blind spot people say i know i have them but they can't identify exactly what they are and so uh one of the things that of course we do at stay forth is coaching and um, we're not here to sell anything from a coaching perspective, but we offer everyone listening to this podcast, everyone in our community, everyone who's ever bought a journal from us that has any relationship with us, a free breakthrough session. And it's 30 to 45 minutes of time where you can call and say, I'm wrestling with this issue and we're going to get to the bottom of it and show you why and give you some solutions to break out of that. Um, often people will say, I want more of this coaching. That's part of it to our advantage, but the reality is it's free, it's complimentary, there's no strings attached. Uh, you don't have to sign an agreement to do that. Uh, I would say that's the next, or even go into someone that knows you well, that's not your spouse. And the reason I say that is my wife loves me and I love her deeply, but when I come to what can I improve on, she's like, you're perfect just as you are. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I know I'm perfect just as I am as a husband, but I need to hear the truth. Sometimes my wife is protective and wants to guard my heart, you know, and not get in an argument of saying what I need to improve on, which is probably a pretty good sizable list. And so sometimes a neutral person who's not married to you, who's not got a love interest in you any, or one of your employees, anything like that, is the best person to go to to tell you this is what you need to work on. And you might not even realize what they say is actually happening. And so I recommend outside the help, support, uh, call us. I'm the one, by the way, that does all the breakthrough sessions with the team. So I'd be happy to help you discover what your limiting beliefs are to stay forth through our coaching. Matt, that was great. So guys, if you're listening and you're watching right now, um, we all have areas that we're investing in. We we want to go farther. We want to continue getting healthy and reaching more sustainable impact. And if you find yourself in a, in a season of your life in leadership where things are difficult and you're running up against barriers, maybe you, you don't feel as though you're, you're leading at the level at which you would prefer to, um, you could be dealing and wrestling with some limiting beliefs that you're not really aware of. And Matt gave two great options. Yes, it's safe for, we offer anyone and everyone a, uh, a breakthrough session. There's a link in the show notes uh, below. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're in the right side of collective, you will have access to it there. Um, if you're, if you're just wondering, you know, even before that, have a neutral voice. If you have someone that you, it's a trusted voice outside of a spouse or a very close relative that can speak and you say, hey, do you, do you hear me talk to myself this way? Do you hear me using this language? And if so, open a door and then continue with a breakthrough session. We'd love to help you. Our team is here for you. Um, we want to see you to live and lead well for the long haul, uh, to pursue a life that's one of abiding instead of striving. 
And we know that limiting beliefs are a thing. They don't get talked about all that often. And, and if we can help you dismantle them and do that through coaching, then we'd love to open a conversation with you. So uh, guys, this is great. As always, you can catch us on the Right Side of Leadership podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you're watching us in the collective, we can't wait to see you over there. Jump into the comments and let's have a discussion. Share share something that you've been, share, share what you think may be a limiting belief if you've got one. And we'd love to jump in and help you any way we can. Guys, this has been great. Matt, thank you so much. And it's glad to have you. We're glad to have you on the team and glad to have you with us. This was really helpful. And uh, guys, we'll see you on the next episode of the Right Side of Leadership podcast. Thanks, man. Take care. Focus so long.